This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. Well, that was a week. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lauren and I changed a few things this week. It's been a little... Don't worry. The Chazaka is still here. The Chazaka is still here. Just not here today, Lauren, because continuing, continuing of his every day just has so much legal work in the booming times. We actually just met with this great guy who's a, a partner level guy. Hopefully we can work something out with him because we have so much work going to join on. join the law firm because yeah. we have so much litigation happening right now. I My eyes are spinning. to sue people. Well, you know... There's wage and hour claims, people not getting paid their wages. There's discrimination claims. It's everywhere. But I'm going to tell you one type of law I'm not doing no more. Do, 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 do. We leave a law, just to be clear. My law firm that was built on a real estate school that represents the biggest real estate brokers in the state of New York. We've decided we're not doing any more closings. We have closed our closing department. Closed the closings. Done, 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 done. Our former partner, Steve Ciliato, resigned. He's going somewhere else. We wish him all the best. With him goes all our current clients, our real estate paralegal, and we don't want to be in the industry. Like, we don't want to... I say I'm getting out of the shoe business. Oh, it's... Like, I don't want to sell leases anymore. For, for me personally, as a business manager, it was a very tedious department to run, and... It had a lot of exposure and a lot of bookkeeping. Um, There's so much money that goes in and out of the attorney escrow account. Lauren, the day he resigned, someone complained that they didn't like something he did. And I wrote him back explaining what he did. And he did it fine. They just, they didn't understand the big words. And they got mad about the big words he used. And Well, you know that I, I like math. And uh, a real estate salesperson can make a tremendous amount of money brokering uh, a real estate property. And a real estate attorney does not. They make, you know, anywhere from 800. When you say real estate attorney, though, you mean closings attorney again. Oh, a real estate closing attorney. So we still, attorney. we still do tons of real estate litigation representing oh, yeah. brokerage companies, title companies, neighbors, oh, foreclosure. A neighbor cuts down your trees. We have all sorts of cases, you name it. Um, We do bulkheading fights, you name it. But the real thing is that it's just friction with clients. And when I say friction with clients, it's like they think that you're being mean when you're just trying to explain something the way it is. Like it's not you that's doing it. Like we had a client earlier this year that gave me a whole earful about how we wouldn't do the closing date the date they wanted it. And it wasn't us. It was- Do you know how many parties are involved to schedule a closing? So many. And it's just a lot to manage and there's not a whole lot of return of investment. So we have made the decision for the law firm, which is to do what we love. Well, when I took over from my father, my father, my uncle, first it was my father, my uncle, they were Lieb and Lieb. 
And then they had a little fight between themselves and they went their separate ways. And my father kept going as David K. Lee, BC. And then I joined my father and I worked for David K. Lee, BC. And eventually I became a partner there. And eventually I started Lieb at Law. And eventually when my uncle was retiring, I merged him back into what was Lieb and Lieb for a while and as Lieb at Law, PC. And when my father and my uncle were practicing, they did divorces and family law. I cut that. That was one of the best days in my life when this gal who worked for us named Naomi, she was a great attorney. She was leaving just like Steve. And just like Steve, when she told me she was leaving, you know what I said? Take the practice with you. Please keep them away from me. I don't like divorcing clients. I don't like family people. Zen. I did the same thing with criminal law. I now did it with closings. Each field is like a guilty pleasure. It's like you make money on it. And it's not enough money for, for to justify. Like the margins aren't good. The business isn't what you want to be in, but you're making something. Do you know what I'm saying? So you don't want to give up something. Why would you give up something? And I've been debating about wanting to get rid of transactions for I don't know how many years. years. I hate it. I hate every single thing about it. I hate how everyone throws each other under the bus. I hate how people use forms and they don't use original thought. I hate how people communicate and they breach privilege by communicating and wanting clients CC'd on things. You mean uh, the real estate brokers want to be CC'd and you can't actually do it because there's confidentiality that you have with Not clients. just the real estate brokers. Other attorneys CC their clients and you're like, please take your client off of the communication with me, well, please. Because that's exposure. It's just all sorts of crazy times. And then people get in fights. Like I had a client recently that was saying... If we don't go forward, we're going to lose the contract, and that's a huge risk. And I kept saying, the way the contract's written is a huge risk. And she's like, well, I need to get the contract this way. And I was like, you do whatever you want to do, but there's two different risks. One is you having exposure, and the other one is losing the place. I wouldn't want to buy a place that has bad exposure on it, but if you do, have a field day. And so I don't like the clients. I don't like... The industry, how it's so cutthroat. Not that you don't like the clients. You don't like the clients in the, their behavior in the transaction. Yeah, no. As people, they're lovely. <laughs> I, I like them a lot. And we love when people buy houses and things like that. And I hope they keep buying them. And I want to I go to their barbecue when they bought the house. And I want to have a champagne toast with them. I just don't want to be involved in the process of going through this turnaround time on a 30-page contract in an hour and a half. I'm just disinterested. So we close transactions as of it's going to be closed, not this Friday. Next Friday is our last transaction. This firm's been around since 1977. I gave you the backgrounds. Next week, in March, in March, in March, I want you to all know, in March 18th, 2022, we're closing one of the original fields of practice. And I'm thrilled about it. And we met with this partner-level guy because why? Because we're growing in the things that are booming that we like that have great margins. Partner level, not in transactions, in litigation. Yeah. We we have things popping out our eyeballs in this discrimination stuff. But I have to tell you, Lauren, I had two crazy experiences this week with clients. One was a client, well, not client, interaction with people. One was a client that yelled at me because he was mad that I closed the closings department. I got like a whole friction from him about like him saying to me, 
how like I, I'm a friend and I let him down and I'm like, I don't know how I let you down. I didn't quit. Steve quit. Like I, I like it wasn't me. Like I, I you came never in, did the closings and I came in on Monday morning. I was like having a coffee. Like it is what it is. I just reacted to the situation. But then I was on TV last night, Lauren, and I'm trying to push all this discrimination stuff. So whenever there's a topic on TV that's discrimination wise, they asked me to be on and I was on both CBS and PIX11 last night because if you haven't heard the the uh, Chiba, the Chiba, I think they call it the Chiba. Is that what they call it, Lauren? You know when you go, get a high, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like the marijuana? With the mar- marijuana. No, the, the marijuana? Cannabis is the official term. Ah, uh, weed. So, Weed, real trees, chronic leaves. So the Office of Cannabis Management from New York State, the Office of Cannabis Management is putting out regulations on marijuana. And they did that on Thursday. They gave out new regulations for retail marijuana distributors. And Kathy Hochul, you know how we talk about the Hochul, the governor, she has a social equity application program not exactly in the regulations, but the goal is to help minorities, that is in the statute, get a leg up to have these retail stores. So the theory is people who are adversely, and I'm going to show you how it goes to the other conversation we're having. They go together. So because you're looking at me like I'm well, a crazy person. You're, you're talking and I'm not following. Well, I was telling you that I had a problem with a client in transactions who's yelling at me because I closed transactions after my partner who ran transactions quit and I don't do transactions. And I was telling you about crazy clients and how clients are crazy. And I'm giving you two different stories that I can't escape it is what I'm trying to tell you. I thought I closed transactions. I put that behind me. And last night I was on TV and I was on TV and I'm telling you the topic I was on TV about. And then I'm going to tell you about the crazy person. Actually, it's two, but the crazy person after. So let's start off with the okay. topic. Do you understand? Marijuana. Marijuana. So it's like she smokes something the way she can't focus. <laughs> focus, Daniel son. Focus. So here's the one, ready? Hochul, the governor, and this cannabis board in New York State, cannabis management, they're putting out regulations. And what they're doing is they're giving a preference to people that are going to get licenses to have retail marijuana shops, you know, retail like storefronts, are going to be people that had prior convictions. In fact, it said the first 100 of 200 retail cannabis licenses are going to be for these people. And a lot of people, including elected officials, are overtly, consciously, expressly stating that this is going to benefit black and brown people, communities. Because we all know, if we deal with social justice, that black and brown communities, technically African Americans and Hispanics, are disproportionately adversely impacted by marijuana laws historically. In English, black and brown people went to jail more than other people for smoking pot and dealing pot because that's just what happened because we had, you know, that critical race theory thing that people don't like talking about. It's just reality. Facts. It's amazing how people are like, well, I don't want to talk about critical race theory. Well, guess what? That means that we have institutional structures that disproportionately impacted certain people. Now, to the point of the anti-critical race theory people, which I think they're con something here. I was on TV last night, and they asked me about it. And I said, very simply, and it was not a long thing, I said- It was about 10 seconds. It was about 10 seconds. I said, I'm just going to give it to you, in what we like to call the, United, the New York State Constitution, at Article 1- 
Bill of Rights, Section 11, the Equal Protection of Laws, it says this to the people that are against the anti-critical race theory thing. No person shall be denied the equal protections of the laws of the state or any subdivision thereof. No person shall, because of race, color, creed, or religion, be subjected to any discrimination in his or her civil rights by any other person or by any firm, corporation, institution, or by the state or any agency or subdivision of the state. You can't discriminate the state, an agency, based on someone's race. And so that means you can't give preferences to people because of their race. Yeah, it goes two ways. And so the argument would be, well, they're not giving it because of the race. They're giving it because of convictions. But there's this theory of discrimination called disparate impact discrimination. It's a way you could sue, which says, hey, what you said may not be discriminatory convictions. That's not discriminatory. But people who have this type of conviction are statistically significantly more likely to fall into this demographic race, consequently, even though the face of the policy is non-discriminatory, it has a discriminatory effect. So I said on TV, I said, I'm big on diversity, equity, and inclusion, the points of critical race theory. I believe that as a society, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy that when certain groups were disadvantaged and had historic barriers to success and achievement, those groups should be uplifted and given chances and opportunity. You see what I'm saying? It just makes me feel good. I said, while I ethically and morally agree with this policy that Hochul and the Cannabis Board are doing, I'm willing to bet someone's going to sue on what's called a 1983 case, which is a federal case that you can bring if someone violates a discrimination law. It's a way you can do it. And so I said... I'm willing to bet someone's going to sue a Caucasian male, a Caucasian, a white man. I'm willing to bet a white man who gets denied a license when a black or brown woman gets it instead of them is going to sue and say, this is reverse discrimination because you're doing what's called an affirmative action program. And even though we don't know that affirmative action programs are even going to be upheld because they're going before the U.S. Supreme Court when it comes to college admissions in the October term, even if they were upheld and they're allowed, they've never been allowed to redress or make right a past wrong. They've only been upheld to create more diverse communities, et cetera, et cetera. So I said on TV, making it simple. I agree with what they're trying to do in the government ethically, but legally, I think it's going to be held discriminatory and people are going to sue and they're going to be able to get overturned and they're going to get damages. And somehow, Lauren, someone was watching TV and here's what they said. In how long was I on TV? They clipped you. So they recorded a couple of minutes of you and they only actually aired about 10 seconds. I never know what they're going to air, but I watched this one and they got the genre, the general thing that I was trying to say. Like sometimes they don't get what I'm trying to say out. They got it. This this person, we'll call her Miss S. I don't want to use her name. <laughs> Maybe she'll be mad. Miss S was able to know my name from that clip. I don't remember anyone's name. And they say it for like it this fast. It was one of those news segments where they go to like 15 different people yeah, yeah. In, in a minute. So she got my name. She got the spelling of my name, which by the way, when I was a college professor... Most people, 75% of the class, spelled it wrong. That was my bonus 
question on the test. Is it L-I-E-B, L-E-E-B, L-E-I-B, or L-E-A-B? And <laughs> L-I-E-B, which is the proper spelling, I before E except after C, was only picked 25% of the time. But she spelled it right. And then what this lady did, she Googled me. And no, she didn't just Google me on LinkedIn or something like that. Someone else did that, contacted me on LinkedIn. Didn't find me just on Facebook. She found my email address, which you can only find really from going onto a website and then looking for it. Like it's not readily apparent. Yeah. Then she emailed me at 6.15 last night. And I want to read it I to you. I think it aired at like 6.02. You have to take my word for this. I never write to people when, I'm see, when I've seen them make a fool of themselves on the nightly news. Never before. Why now? Question mark. Why not? Question mark. You are an idiot seeking attention. You should know to keep your mouth shut. As a nice older woman, a mother, a wife, a grandmother, I think you should know that you come across as a total moron. I will point out that sometimes she has multiple spaces after um, periods and punctuation. Sometimes she doesn't. So it's a weird time to call someone a moron when your punctuation's not right. But let's just keep going. I'm embarrassed for you because nobody should really believe what came out of your mouth on television. Well, maybe some people, but they don't count. I doubt that you are going to change based on my admonishment. Good word. But uh, no comma, but you went right to but. But I do hope that there will be a point in your life when you will. Weird way she does the dash here, but okay. And you will think back and remember that people stepped in to advise you. Help yourself, darling. We're not darlings. I'm feeling a little harassed with the word darling, but that's another story. You need it. Wishing you the best. Miss S. Okay, well, he's not saying her name, but I got her name, so I Googled her. Whoa, whoa. But I just got to say this. I, I got to say this. Before you, t- you can tell who okay. she is and everything else, I don't care. You really, in your life, I just want to be clear. You're sitting and you're watching TV and you're like, I'm going to pause it or rewind and get that person's name. Then I'm going to go Google. I'm going to figure out who they are. Then I'm going to get their email. Then I'm going to write a one, two, three, four, five paragraph. And I concluded nicely, wishing you the best after telling me I'm a moron and an idiot. I don't know how that all goes together. And then admonishing me for just explaining what the law is. Like I didn't, my only opinion was- How is that a moron or an idiot? You're just actually relaying technical information. Yeah. Like you don't know me, lady. If it's up to me. I would think the definition of an idiot is somebody who does not know the technical information. All I was saying is that there's a cognizable cause of action, which means a non-frivolous case that someone could bring calling this discrimination, and there is, and I would bring it, and I would feel very comfortable winning it because- Well, anyway, so I got your back, and I was like, who's saying that about my husband? My man. My man. That's my man. My man. He ain't no idiot. Um, My man ain't no idiot. (laughs) So I Googled her and it was like all over the first 10 pages, this woman was, her children were taken away from her because she was abusive and she also was diagnosed with schizophrenia and was on Dr. Phil. I have a different diagnosis. I have a different diagnosis. I have a different diagnosis. Okay, what? She hasn't been to the cannabis retail shop because anyone who went to the cannabis retail shop would not have the energy, desire, focus, dedication, motivation to write someone an obnoxious email. Maybe she should visit it and chill out. I think she should go. Chill out, lady. Chill out, lady. The man does not get you down. Like, who cares? I'm not seeking attention or doing, you don't know me at all, I guess, because the real thing we're doing is 
when you're a legal media analyst and you go on TV or you're on the Leapcast, right? And someone asks you a question, you know what you do? You tell them what the law is. I'm not running for public office here. Well, you're I don't just care. answering it. Like, I'm telling you that this law is problematic. Am I telling you that a judge is going to agree with me? Who knows? Um, and by the way, CBS called Andrew to find out what his opinion is on the subject. So. And then Pix called me after. Yes. Yeah, like, so, it is but, what it is. Anyway, uh, your listeners, I don't think they think you're an idiot. But if, my, if anything, you're, you're, you say a lot of words. Well, I do say a lot of words, but I just read, you know, Hooked on Phonics worked for me. So I'm reading this thing, and it says right here in this Bill of Rights that you can't discriminate if you're an agency or the state in anyone everyone needs equal protection and you can't have different treatment or different civil rights because of your race and i'm telling you that Hokel and everyone else has said many times that black and brown people are disproportionately affected by marijuana laws and we want to uplift hurt communities and i'm telling you if you're overtly admitting that you're consequently discriminating against white people. And what about that high school kid I knew that was the white kid that dealt drugs illegally? He might want to open up a retail shop. He's going to get excluded from it. He's going to have to function illegally moving forward. Like, I don't understand why we can't think that there's all sorts of white screw-ups, too. There's plenty of white screw-ups. I just think, I just think, I just think that you shouldn't give preference, which is the whole point of the people against critical race theory. You see, everyone's a little wrong about this whole thing. On one note, they're saying you shouldn't study historic wrongs. You should study everything. So all you idiots that don't want people to learn about how systematic plights for different demographics shouldn't be taught, we should be teaching like this thing you get indoctrinated when you got taught. I don't know where you went to school, but in my school, everyone thought everything that was taught was stupid. My eight-year-old sonnery tells me everything that they learn that's stupid. Like part of schooling is to learn things and say, I disagree. Also, to learn things and say, okay, well, a mistake was made. It's history. Let's not make that mistake again. That's kind of important. But then on the same note, they're right in that our laws, and I'm not saying the laws should be this way. And if you don't like the laws, maybe you should move. The laws well, in the United they're all, States- They're all going to Florida. No, in the United States okay. Okay, is Canada. we have equal protection. That's everywhere. That's part of the rules of our country. Equal protection, equal opportunity. And if that's the case, then, and I've told you all before, the 6-3 conservative majority on the Supreme Court is most likely, I don't have a crystal ball, to strike down affirmative action programs and admission to colleges. And those, again, were never upheld ever on grounds of redressing past wrongs but instead we're upheld on a diverse educational experience. So consequently, our laws never said, hey, number one, let's learn about past wrongs, and let number two, let's give unfair advantages to the descendants of past people that receive disadvantage. We never had that second part. That's what I'm trying to point out. And that's where the flaw is. Now, does that mean, as a social scientist, I don't think, and when you say, well, you wouldn't mean a social scientist. I have a master's in public health, which is part of the social sciences, and I'm aware. Do I not think as a social scientist that perhaps society, whether it be the United States, Mexico, Cuba, Italy, England, Iran, Russia, Ukraine, whether it wants to be Germany, France, like, I don't know, one of these societies, do I think one of these societies it would be smart that they had policies that instead of having equal 
rights, equal protection of law. They had diversity, equity, and inclusion where disadvantaged groups are uplifted. Sure. I could see how that's a really good idea. I'm just telling you, it doesn't coincide with the Constitution of the State of New York, the Bill of Rights at Section 11, because that one says equal protection of laws. That one does not say, that one does not say diversity, equity, inclusion. So I guess the point is this, Laura. No matter what you do, people are going to throw things at you. No matter what you do, people are going to hit you. There's the people that do things and the people complain. And I think that the real estate closing world has too much friction for the benefit, cost-benefit analysis. Now, when I do things like discrimination, whether it's me as a litigator, an attorney, an advocate, a plaintiff's attorney, or a defense attorney, because I defend a lot of discrimination cases, probably more than plaintiff ones. In those situations, you get the same crazies as you do in the closings, but here's the difference. As opposed to me helping in the micro one person buy or sell a house, I'm instead changing society in the macro and helping everyone understand that we don't live in a DEI country. We live in an equal protection country. And what I want out of a country that I live in is where everyone gets a fair shake. Everyone gets to try their hardest. Everyone gets to uplift themselves. Everyone gets to get knocked down and dust off and try again. I'm proud to be an American, and that's because I believe that this is the land of opportunity, fair opportunity for everyone. This is the Leapcast. Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentoleap.com. 